0: Today we start a new series, a new four-part series called God and Your Job. We're going to be talking about work. And some of you may be tempted to think, well, you know, I'm retired, I don't work anymore, this isn't for me. Or I'm at home with my kids, I don't have a job in the workplace, so this isn't for me. Uh, I'm on disability, I can't work, this isn't for me. Uh, I'm a student, I don't even have a job yet, this isn't for me. And so you may think, this isn't for me. But I want to encourage you not to just enjoy the music and go home. But uh, in fact, it's kind of a life lesson. When you come to church and discover that the sermon topic is on work or marriage or parenting or debt or something that doesn't apply to you, uh, you might be tempted to think this isn't for me. But I want to encourage you not to do that. Don't come with an attitude of exception or exemption or look for the disqualification of the marriage. Oh, it's not for me. I don't have to listen to this. No, instead, you know, recognize this is the Word of God. God has a lesson for you regardless of your life situation, regardless of the topic. We're bringing the Word of God to bear on your life. And so there's something here for you. Uh, Even if it's just to learn a truth that you can share with someone else. So I want to encourage you that this message today, it's for you. The average person will spend 150,000 hours of their life at work. That's about 40% of your life working work defines our life work directs our life work describes our life work determines our life but a recent study shows maybe you saw this that about two-thirds 66 percent of people would say I'm not satisfied I'm not fulfilled in my job in fact the survey used the term I hate my job two out of every three people would say I hate my job So we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about work. You know, It's the fundamental question that Solomon asked thousands of years ago. Ecclesiastes 3.9. Solomon said, what do people really get for all their hard work? What's the benefit of work? What's the payoff? What's the purpose of all the hard work? Some people think that work is actually punishment from God. I mean, doesn't the Bible say that after Adam and Eve sinned, God kicked them out of the Garden of Eden, And he said, now you're going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. Well, that's true. But even before sin entered the picture, even clear back at the very beginning of creation, Genesis 2.15, it says, God put the man in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. Even in paradise, apart from sin, God made us to work. And so uh, the result of sin is not work. The result of sin is harder work it's more difficult to work it's discouraging it's disappointing it can be demeaning it can be drudgery but the Bible says even God works Jesus said my father is always at his work and I am working too God is constantly at work Jesus Christ is constantly at work the reason we work is because we are made in the image and likeness of God and God works so do we do you know you're gonna work in heaven I said that last night in the Saturday service, and this huge groan came from somebody back in that section over there. They were just so disappointed. They, oh no, I have to work in heaven. But in heaven, it'll be good work, fulfilling work. No bad bosses, no gossip at work, no inner office politics. Your work in heaven will be fulfilling and fun. I mean, imagine your work apart from sin. That's what it'll be like in heaven. Now, in our day, the government will pay you not to work. So why should you work if the government will pay you not to work? You know, A lot of people are working just so they can retire someday and stop working. You know honestly, they're living life a little backwards. I mean I'm going to spend all my life doing something I don't like, so in the last few years, I can do what I want to do. I mean, that, that's living life backwards, to spend your best years doing something you don't want to do. And then when you've lost your strength and you don't have much time left, you get to do what you want to do. No. There is a better purpose for work than simply to retire and stop working. Well, what is it? Well, God has six six purposes for work. Okay? Six purposes for work. Now, as I talk through these purposes today, it may sound like they contradict one another. But in order to understand all the the full purpose of work, you've got to hold all six of these purposes in tension. And and I'm illustrating it this weekend with this cube, this this box, six sides. But have you ever noticed something about, about a cube, a box like this? You can never see more than three sides at a time. You can never see more than three sides at a time. In fact, you can only focus on one side at a time, clearly. But it takes all six sides to make the box complete. Same is true with work. You know, if you just focus on one of the purposes of work, you're going to wind up with a one-sided viewpoint of work, and you're going to miss most of what God has for you in your job. I mean, working is 40% of your life. Don't you think God would have a great purpose for 40% of your life? Of course He does. And it's these six purposes. So what are they? First one, the first basic purpose of work is necessity. Necessity. I work to meet my needs. I work to stay alive. Proverbs twelve eleven: The one who stays on the job has food on the table. 1 Timothy 5, 8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's a powerful verse. God says that providing for my family is my spiritual responsibility. We are to take care of our own families as best as possible. Now, the first objection whenever I bring that verse up is a lot of times people say, well, why do I have to work while all the rest of the family loafs around? That is not what this verse is saying. This this verse is not saying that you have to work while the rest of the family goofs off. It's saying everyone in the family plays a part. This verse is written to everybody in the family. Everybody in the family has a job to do, even the kids. Everybody participates. When the pilgrims founded America, they made a rule right off the bat. The rule was, whoever is unwilling to work doesn't share in the meal. Every day they had a common meal together. And and if you didn't work, you didn't eat. Where would they get an idea like that? They got it out of the Bible. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, Whoever doesn't want to work shouldn't be allowed to eat. You don't work, you don't eat. Now, notice it says doesn't want to work. It doesn't say that he can't work or you can't work. You know, sometimes you can't. You know, you're disabled. You're way too young. You're, you're too old. You're sick. For some reason, you can't work. But if you can work, and to whatever extent you can work, you must do your part. God said everybody who can work is supposed to work. There's no free lunch. There's no loaves for loafers necessity first purpose of work but what about when all my needs are met if the first purpose of work is simply to meet my physical needs then once i've got enough to meet my physical needs is it okay for me to stop working no because there are five other purposes for work besides meeting your physical needs god did not put you here on earth just to provide for yourself god expects you to make a contribution with your life you're not free to do nothing for the rest of your life just because you can afford to do nothing for the rest of your life god didn't put you here to be selfish proverbs 13:4 says, lazy people want much but get little but those who work hard will prosper and be satisfied circle prosper god says if you work hard you'll prosper and you'll be satisfied god is not opposed to prosperity God is opposed to selfishness and greed, but God is not opposed to prosperity. Many of the greatest saints in the Bible were very, very, very wealthy. Job, Abraham, David, Solomon, Moses, Lydia, many, many more. God's not opposed to prosperity. God is opposed to selfishness and greed. And you can be selfish and greedy no matter how much or no matter how little money you've got. You know, selfishness and greed isn't based on how much money you have. Selfishness and greed is based on how much money you want. You know, Jesus praises businessmen who who use business skill to make a profit. Profit is not a dirty word. Profit is a good word. Jesus commends business people who are wise and make a profit. God wants you to prosper and succeed. So the first purpose is necessity to make a living. Second purpose of work is identity. Identity. You know, God wants you to work to express what he's made you to do. God has given you certain gifts, talents, and abilities, and he expects you to use them in your work, to use them in ministry. At Rockbrook, we call this your shape. S-H-A-P-E. We've got an acrostic that we use for that. It's your spiritual gifts, your heart, what you love to do, your abilities your personality and your experiences your shape and God doesn't want you to ignore those things God wants you to discover and develop and use your shape in your work and in your ministry and work is a place to show your creativity to show your ingenuity work is a place to make a difference and give back with your talents and gifts it's a place to express who God made you to be and God has wired every one of us up to do something different why Why has God shaped us all uniquely? So everything gets done. You know, it's like if if we all like to do the same thing, if we could all do the same thing, there are a lot of things that wouldn't get done. But that's not what God did. Some of you are good at math. Some of you are good at writing. Some of you are good with mechanical things. Some of you are good with people. You know, we need people who are good at different things so everything gets done. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, thank you for not being like me okay, tell them that, thank you for not being like me, yeah, because there's stuff I don't like to do, and I need you to do it, okay, now at Rockbrook, we have a life. this is so important, we have a whole class, a life, one of our life development classes is on your shape, Uh, it's one of the five classes that we offer on class day, coming up on August the, the 4th. And when you've taken the membership class and become a member, when you've taken the maturity class and you're growing in maturity in Christ, then you're ready to take the ministry class. And Kenny Baum takes you through a process of discovering your shape. Now, how do you know if you're shaped for the job that you're in? Well, you're successful at it. You're satisfied when you do it. You're fruitful. You're fulfilled. You're good at it, and it feels good when you do it. That's how you know when you're shaped for it. If you're you're not all that successful, if it's unfulfilling what you're doing, then you're in a job that doesn't fit your shape. And your life is too important to waste on a job that doesn't fit. That is not God's plan for you. In fact, on your outline, just write this down. Just to scroll it down somewhere. There's no fill-in for this. But write down this. Meaning matters more than money. Meaning matters more than money than money you know, when you get to heaven God's not gonna ask you how much money did you make no he's gonna ask did you use the shape that I gave you well no I was too busy making money wrong answer meaning matters more than money first Peter 410 each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others so use your gift well how do you know if you're using your gift well Well, you're successful, you're satisfied, you're fruitful, you're fulfilled, you're good at it, it feels good when you do it. Galatians 6, 4, be sure to do what you should, what God made you to do, for then you will enjoy the personal satisfaction of having done your work well, and you won't need to compare yourself with anyone else. Some people fall into the trap of thinking that the goal of life is to make enough money so I can not do anything, so I can stop. The goal of life is not to do nothing. The goal of life is to do what God made you to do. Proverbs 12, 27 says, A lazy life is an empty life. More people are depressed today than than ever before. Uh, Teenagers, young adults, retirees, the depression rate in those people is skyrocketing. It's an epidemic. And studies say it's because we have more free time than ever before. Free time is a good thing but there is a time to work and there's a time to play and you weren't meant to live your whole life in free time free time is free fall and if your life is all free time then your life lacks meaning and purpose and that lack of meaning and purpose leads to depression because we weren't made to do nothing we were made to do what God made us to do we're made to make our lives count And the greatest cause in the world is the church. The reason the universe exists is for the church of Jesus Christ. Because the church of Jesus Christ is the only thing that's going to last. The Bible tells us that one day the universe will melt with a fervent heat and the only thing that comes out of it is the church of Jesus Christ. And when you give your life to Christ and the church, there's nothing more significant than that. And that gives your life meaning and purpose. Now, if you're in a job where you're making good money, but you're not fulfilled, you're frustrated, you're unsatisfied, I would encourage you to get out of that job and find a job that God has shaped you for. Now, I am not saying that 66% of you need to go in Monday morning and quit your job. Okay? Do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying that. Listen, another life lesson. I've learned this. You know, jobs are like grapevines, you don't let go of one until you have a firm grasp on the next one. Okay? Because if you let go before you got a hold of this one, you wind up in trouble. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you may be in a job you hate. Don't stay in that job that you hate. Start looking for the job that God made you to do. And when you find it, then let go of that job and move into your full identity, expressing the full gifts and talents that God has given you. Third purpose of work is maturity. I work to develop my character. You know, God is far more concerned about who you are than where you work. And he's more interested in your character than in your career. He uses your work to develop your character. Work is a life course in character development. Uh, any of you have a boss that drives you nuts? Anybody? I've noticed when I ask that question, my staff all raise their hands. Okay? <laughs> but God can use a boss that drives you nuts to build your character. You know, God plants little seeds of character in your heart. Seeds of love, seeds of patience, seeds of joy, seeds of peace. And then he fertilizes those seeds of character. And most of the fertilizing happens in the workplace. Because you spend 40% of your time there. How much character development happens while you're asleep? You know, not a lot. Most of it's going to happen in the workplace. And so when you're at work and you're saying, how come this work is so tough? How come it's so hard to do it? Solomon asked that in Ecclesiastes 1.3. You spend your life working, laboring, and what do you have to show for it? What do you have to show for your hard work? The answer is character. Character. God is developing your character here on earth to prepare you for heaven. Life is preparation for eternity. And at work, God is testing you to see if you will be faithful and do the right thing even when you don't feel like doing it even when it's hard, even when people oppose you in it. God is watching you so he can determine what kind of job you're going to have in eternity. Luke uh, 16.10, Jesus said, If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true spiritual riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you your own? A great example of this is a man named Joseph in the book of Genesis in the Old Testament. God had given Joseph, as a young man, God had given Joseph a vision, a dream, that he would become a great leader. But for 40 years, Joseph lived as a slave and was even in prison. I mean, this was the testing ground. The, the fertilizing of Joseph's character. So that when the time was right, God pulled him out of prison and set him up in the position as a leader of the nation of Israel, which is where God intended for him to be all the time. But during that entire time, God was growing Joseph's character. Psalm 105, 19. Until the time came to fulfill his word, the Lord tested Joseph's character. While you're working on the job, God is working on you. The most important thing you bring home from work is not your paycheck. The most important thing you bring home from work is who you are becoming. You know, you're looking for a job. The most important question to ask is not what will I make or not what will I do. The question to ask is what will I become if I do this job? Now, I know what it's like to be out of work. I I know what it's like to look for a job. I've had seasons of unemployment in my life, and, and I do not like those seasons of unemployment. You know, Christians say when God closes one door, he opens another door. But until God opens another door, you're stuck in the hallway. Okay? And life is hard in the hallway. I mean, I've spent my time in the hall. I don't like it. But let me tell you some lessons I've learned in the hallway. And one of them is is that the hallway can be an opportunity for God to completely reinvent you. To not just find you another job in the same career, but to move you to do something entirely different. Because when you commit your way to the Lord, he directs your steps, and he may lead you into something totally new, something totally different that develops your character in a whole new way. And so the decision on what door to go through when you're in the hallway, that decision has eternal implications. And you've got to ask yourself not just, what will I make or what will I do? You need to ask yourself, what will I become if I do it? What is it in my character that God wants to develop in a new way through this job? Purpose of work is maturity. Fourth purpose of work, credibility. Credibility. Your work is a witness to other people. The quality of the work that you do can open up doors for you to share your faith. Good work is a good witness. Write that one down. In fact, you can tweet that one. Good work is a good witness. Okay? Your work demonstrates what you believe, especially when you're under pressure. When people are making unreasonable demands on you and you respond to those demands in a Christ like way, it gives you credibility as a believer. 1 Thessalonians 4 Take care of your own business and do your own work. If you do, then people who are not believers will respect you. Your work lends credibility to your witness. Or it can do the opposite, 2 Corinthians 6, 4. Our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. You know, people are watching us to see does our work give credibility to it. We claim to be a believer, but do we work like it or not? You know, God expects our work to validate our message. And as people see your character reflected in your work, they'll start asking, what makes you the way you are? Jesus said, your light must shine before people so they will see the good things you do. They will see the good work that you do and praise your Father in heaven. And you may work in the most spiritually dark place that you can imagine. I mean, how can you be a witness in a spiritually dark place? That's why you're there. The light shines the, dark, the brightest in the darkest room. God scatters us throughout the darkness to shine a light, so that when people see that light, when they see the good work that we do, they'll want to know about our faith. Your workplace is the best place for you to be a witness. I mean, when's the last time someone at work asked you about your faith? Why did they ask you? You know, did they know you were a believer? Was there anything about the way you worked that gave them an indication that you're a person of faith? In a very real sense, you are a living Bible. People will see the character of Christ that God is developing in you through all the fertilizer at work. And they'll say, how can you be so patient? How can you be so forgiving? How can you be so dependable in an unstable, undependable world? And that gives you the opportunity to share your faith because you're representing Jesus Christ in the workplace. Colossians 3, whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus. So one of the purposes of work is to give credibility to your witness. Fifth purpose of work. Charity. You know What do you do when your own basic needs are met? You keep working. You keep on working to generate an excess for charity. Your motivation is not just to provide for yourself. Your motivation is not just to provide for your family. Your motivation is now to make money to use for the kingdom of God. Ephesians 4.28, we must work doing something useful with our own hands so that we may have something to share with those in need. You know, if you want God's blessing on your work, you've got to be generous. And the more generous you are, the more God blesses your work. You know, God is looking for people to bless. God is not stingy. God's not holding back. God is anxious to pour out His blessing on people. It may as well be you. But God's not going to be frivolous and give it to people who won't do the right thing with it. No. God wants us to become like him. God is a generous God. Everything I have in my life flows out of the generosity of God. Whether it's the air I breathe or the sun that warms me or the food that keeps me alive. Everything is a gift from God. And God gives to you. God gives to me so we can be like God and give back to God and give to other people. And the more you give, the more God blesses. Proverbs eleven twenty five: 25, a generous man will prosper. Giving unlocks God's blessing on your life. I- I've been playing this game for 40 years, folks. You cannot outgive God. Can't do it. You can't do it. God is generous. He wants us to be generous. The more generous you try and be, the more God is generous to you. You know, in a lot of businesses, the owner doesn't just tithe off of the profit or tithe off of his salary, what he makes. He'll tithe off of the business as well, and God blesses those businesses in amazing ways. A generous man will prosper. Deuteronomy eight eighteen. Always remember that it is the Lord your God who gives you the ability to create wealth. Circle that phrase: create wealth. God gives you that ability. You know, the Bible doesn't teach wealth redistribution. The Bible teaches wealth creation. The antidote to poverty is not forced redistribution. The antidote to poverty is wealth creation. The goal shouldn't be to make rich people poorer. The goal should be to make poor people richer. That's the biblical model. And we can't tax our way out of poverty. We can't tax our way out of debt. There's just not enough money. You could tax everybody 100% and it wouldn't solve our problem. We have to create new wealth. We need to create new wealth through innovation and motivation and industry and work and energy and and, and, and getting after it. We create new wealth, and we need to remember that God gives us the ability to do just that. And so I honor God by creating more and giving back to Him, and I honor God by remembering it came from Him in the first place and be, being generous with what i have and helping others to generate wealth. Paul's example acts 20:35 he says i've been a consistent example of how you can help the poor by working hard. And remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So the fifth purpose of work is to keep on working. Even after I've made enough to to provide for myself, to provide for my family, I keep working to generate an excess. Because when you generate an excess, everybody has more. Sixth purpose of work is eternity. I use my job to build God's kingdom. How do I do that? Well, one way is to use your contacts at work to tell other people the good news about Christ. Work becomes your mission field. You're a kingdom builder, not just a wealth builder. You're using your business for the one thing that's going to outlast everything else, and that's the church, the kingdom of God. Another way you can use it for eternity is you can use it by making money in your business and then giving it to kingdom causes. In Matthew six thirty-three, great verse for businessmen says, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and what He requires of you. Be concerned above everything else. You mean more than my business? Yes. And He will provide you with all the other things. So what is it that you need in your business? What do you need? You need more leads, more staff, more distribution, more sales, more margin. What do you need in your business? Those are the, all the other things that God will provide you if you focus your business on building the kingdom now as you seek god first here on earth look what happens matthew six twenty, jesus said store up for yourself treasure in heaven circle for yourself do you know you could store up for yourself treasure in heaven you're not storing it up for god god doesn't need it you get to store it up for yourself God says you can create a bank account in heaven that is eternal, pays the highest dividends. Jesus says it pays 1,000%. Nobody will steal it. It won't decay. It won't lose its value. You can store up for yourself treasure in heaven. How? How do you do that? By using your work to get other people into the kingdom by uh, using your testimony or your witness at work, or or by giving the proceeds of your work to fund the church, to fund the Great Commission. That's how you store up. You become a kingdom builder, not just a wealth builder. Now, you can use your your work to build wealth, to make a living, to make a profit, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, those are some of the purposes of work. But if that's all you're doing, it's short-sighted. You're just working on two, maybe three sides of the cube because there are other purposes for your work. God says, don't just be a wealth builder, be a kingdom builder. You know, many of you, you've never realized how important your work is. You know, To you, your, your, your work is an irritation. It's something that you just cannot wait until you can stop. I don't do anything important at work. I'm not a skilled worker. Anybody could do my job. Well, anybody may be able to do your job, but you are the person that God has placed there to do it, and your work has value because of that. Your work is far more significant than you may realize, because it wasn't meant simply to pay the bills to meet your necessity. God wants your work to express your identity, to express the talents and the gifts that He's given you. God wants you to use your work for maturity. He wants to make you uh, you stronger, more mature, more patient, more Christ-like. God wants you to use your work for credibility. He wants you to use your work as a platform to influence people for the sake of Jesus Christ. God wants you to use your work for charity. He wants you to be uh, selfless and generous enough to live on a little bit less so you can give a little bit more. So you become a kingdom builder, not just a wealth builder. Now, you can waste your life, you can spend your life, or you can invest your life. And the way you invest your life is to place your effort, your work, into something that will outlast your life. And that's going to be the kingdom of God. Do you know that one day God is going to do an audit on your work? You're going to have a performance review of your work in heaven. Do you realize that? Look at this there's going to come a time of testing on Judgment Day to see what kind of work each builder has done. Were you a wealth builder or a kingdom builder? Everyone's work will be put through the fire to see whether or not it keeps its value. If the work survives the fire, that person will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builders themselves will be saved, but like someone escaping the fire. See, this performance review is not going to determine whether or not you go into heaven. That's not what it's for. That determination is made when you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Once you make that decision, you're going to heaven. The question here is, is what will you do in heaven? What will be your job? What will be your reward You know, you get into heaven by asking Christ to forgive your sins, but you earn your position, your work, your future job in heaven is based on your rewards. And God wants to give you great reward in heaven. You know, sometimes people think, oh, I I don't need a great reward in heaven, I'll just be happy to be there. Do you realize what an insult that is to God? You're not being humble, you're buying into a lie of the devil God wants you to succeed. God wants to give you great reward for your work. Why? Because the greater your reward, the greater his glory. This isn't about you. It's about God's glory. It's about you living out all that he made you to be. It's about you achieving all the potential that he has given you. That's what it's about, about bearing fruit. That's why your work is so important You know, don't live with a shallow conception of your work. Oh, it's just to put money on the table, and then the rest of the time I do whatever I want. No. Don't be anxious to retire or stop working. Embrace work as a tremendous gift and call from God. Your work is far more significant than you realize And God desires for us to step up and own our work and to fulfill His purposes, to be purpose-driven businessmen, purpose-driven women, purpose-driven employees who aren't just making money to put food on the table. We are building a kingdom. We are storing up treasure in heaven for eternity. What a great calling God has given us in our work. Let's pray together. Would you just pray quietness of your own heart? Father, I I realize while I'm at work, you're working on me. And I want to use my job for all six purposes in my life. So God, help me to use my job, not just to meet my necessity, but also to to express my identity, to fulfill who you shaped me to be. And God, I want to use my job to be able to to help others financially, to give to others, to be generous. I'm going to use my job to further the kingdom. And to serve your purposes on earth. God, I want to be a kingdom builder. And maybe you're here today and and you've never invited Christ into your life. Would you just say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want my life to be under new management. I want you to be the boss, the CEO, the supervisor. I want you to be the manager of my life. And so I turn it over to you. So I can become all you made me to be. For we ask it in Jesus' name.